Kia ora and welcome to the Catalyst Movement podcast. We are a missional movement based in Auckland, New Zealand, who exists to save the lost and send the saved until all are heard. God bless and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome guys. I am honestly so incredibly excited for tonight. Um, what's up to all you guys on Zoom, even like welcome to anyone that is listening to this recording on YouTube or Facebook or Spotify or wherever. Um, yeah, it's going to be powerful, honestly. It's been such a cool series um, over the last four weeks. And honestly, it's such a privilege for me to kind of round it off and share tonight on how to start and run an outreach. And so in the first week, if you guys remember, both Ben and Jess shared um, and called us to action and encouraged us, like, what's next as we come, come out of outreach? How can we um, not live as spectator Christians and all be out in the field playing our part, reaching New Zealand for Jesus? And then obviously, uh, Micah shared the next week um, in the first of our practical weeks on how to run a Bible study, which was awesome and incredible. Um, Elia did an amazing job last week sharing about um, how to run a prayer meeting and kind of small gatherings out of your house. And yeah, I'm pumped to t- tonight, sorry, to be sharing about how to start and run an outreach and got a bunch of stuff tonight. So I'd encourage you to take notes. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I'm just gonna get straight into it. And yeah, basically from the outset, I just wanna, yeah, get some stats going for you guys and just, yeah, give you an idea of the reality of Christianity in this nation. And honestly, like Christianity in New Zealand is on a rapid decline. I don't know if you guys knew that, but yeah, legit Christianity, is going downhill um although at least the stats are we all know that like jesus is alive and well and there are some incredible fiery christians across this nation but yeah basically in the early 1900s um i don't know if you guys knew but new zealand was around 90 percent christian which is massive like a full-on christian nation you know and by around the year 2000 that had dropped down to about 60 percent christian um come the 2013 census we were about 48% Christian. And now um, studies reckon that we're only about 33% Christian. Like legit, that's some pretty rapid drops, especially over the last 20 years, which is, it's sad. It's honestly heartbreaking. And there was this recent study called like the faith and belief in NZ study. I don't know if any of you guys have read that, Um, but it said that actually even further, although one third of the nation is Christian, um, it says that only 16% of Kiwis uh, attend church at least monthly, but then only about 9% are actively involved in church. And so some will be Christians, but lots of those just have, you know, a family cultural belief, maybe go to church on Christmas and stuff. But I don't know, that's just the reality of Christianity in this nation. And I feel like it's important for us to know, you know, and obviously over recent years, there's things like immigration um, of, you know, tons of people from non-Christian nations coming into the country, which affects like the proportion of Christians in this nation. But in general, Christians are walking away from faith in New Zealand. Like I, I did a bunch of math and um, I, know, I love math. I hope you guys do too. It's so much fun, you know, but over the last 20 years, legit an average um, of, I think just under 18,000 people are disaffiliating with Christianity per year in New Zealand. So every single year at the moment, around 18,000 people, which is honestly like heartbreaking and sad. And like I was kind of doing a bit of study as well. And like, imagine for some context, like that's about the same as the population of the town of Cambridge. So this year, imagine of the equivalent of all of Cambridge um, just walked away from Jesus. And then next year, like all of Fakatane just walked away from Jesus. Next year, Levin, next year, Ashburton, next year, Fielding, next year, all of Queenstown. Like, guys, this is not good, you know? Like, legit, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's sad. Um, legit, New Zealand needs Jesus. Um, I know we know that. I know you passionate guys on here know that, know that he has exactly what this nation needs, um, exactly what every human being needs. You know, we were made, um, we were designed for a relationship with God, and that comes through Jesus. And New Zealand needs Jesus. And honestly, like New Zealand is becoming a legit missions field. Like I, I was, was with YWAM a couple of years ago and did outreaches to Zambia, Tanzania, and Peru. And I was on these outreaches, you know, doing tons of cool things, preaching the gospel, 
um, meeting like thousands of people. And pretty quickly, especially in Africa, I came to find that, man, so many of these guys actually already believe in Jesus. Like the churches were honestly pretty full, pretty thriving. Like I love the African culture, just people dancing and praising God. And yeah, as the outreaches went on, I often thought about New Zealand, like, man, these nations are actually doing quite well. Whereas at home, you know, especially at my school I grew up at, there's like so few Christians. Like New Zealand almost needs Jesus way more than these countries. Like we grew up in church thinking, man, Africa needs missionaries, um, other places, you know, places like Peru. But yeah, and coming home, even looked at the stats. And you know, Zambia is 95% Christian, which is crazy. Tanzania is 60% Christian and Peru is 75% Christian. Like these are Christian nations that we're called to go into missions to, you know? New Zealand's only 33% Christian. Like, isn't that crazy? New Zealand as a legit mission field. It needs Jesus more than so many other nations. How often, even as Kiwis, you know, we want to do a church mission trip, whatever. Um, we're like, oh, sweet, sweet, let's go to the Pacific Islands. Um, we do so many missions trips in different nations around the Pacific. But did you know that New Zealand is by far the least Christian nation in Oceania? Like, legit. <laughs> Australia is said to be around 50% Christian. Fiji is around like 65% Christian. And every other nation in the Pacific Islands is said to be over 80% Christian. Whereas New Zealand, like well below, we're only a third Christian. Like by far need Jesus the most. And our mindset is not nah, like these places need missions, missionaries. But I just, yeah, want to just share all this to let you know that there's so much need in this nation. Like we are a legit mission field. We need missions we need outreach we need evangelism because yeah i don't know just new zealand needs jesus guys and yeah there's many reasons that we could chat for ages about potentially as to why new zealand's like this like why we've come to the state why christianity is declining but i believe that the key um kind of issue is the fact that we aren't reaching the lost just gen genuinely like believers the church isn't reaching the lost and I think it's the only issue that needs to be talked about before any others, before we have like our church board meetings about how we do church better or our missions meetings about, man, when COVID is gone, we can finally go back to Zambia, which is 95% Christian and reach them and do some cool stuff. But no, like we need to reach the lost in New Zealand, legit. Um, honestly, I, I kind of saw those pictures I was praying and I saw almost New Zealand in the spiritual famine and we have all these awesome groups of believers, honestly, incredible Christians, but it's almost like we're just silos holding exactly what New Zealand needs for like healing, breakthrough and freedom. Like we literally carry that through Jesus, through the gospel. Um, but we're not in general giving it out. Honestly, we get around the country a bit and it's just a reality. So few Christians are actually doing outreaches, doing evangelism, sharing Jesus. And in general, like, you know, doing, I know a bunch of you guys here have done YWAM and other things. We've been around the country. We, in New Zealand, we might have like one of the most passive churches out there. Like I, I'm not afraid to say it, honestly. When I was in Africa on outreach, although yeah, Zambia, 95% Christian, man, there was like pastors that would for a whole month, every day, come and do door knocking with us for like five, six hours a day. Like they were so passionate, so into it. In New Zealand, honestly, I don't know. We're just so passive. It's such a stronghold, like it needs to be broken and we need to act. We need to reach this nation. Um, the same study that kind of I shared before, this faith and belief study, shared that um, one in four Kiwis literally know less than two Christians. So maybe only know one Christian or don't know any Christians. 9% of New Zealand don't know any Christians. Like this nation in some ways is unreached. They literally have some people no grid for Jesus, no grid for Christianity. Um, one in three Kiwis, like 32% um, of Kiwis, yeah, know little or nothing about Jesus. Like there's so many unreached people in this nation and by not doing anything, they just simply don't know. Um, in the same study, it said the main catalyst for um, Kiwis thinking about spiritual and religious things is conversations with others. And that's literally what we do um, in outreach. And as we do evangelism, we go and we just have simple conversations. It doesn't have to be anything crazy and big, but we just talk to people and we share about Jesus. And that's shown to be the number one thing that 
sparks those thoughts. It gets people wondering, like, what is, who is this Jesus guy? Like, they search on the internet, they watch random things. All it can take is one conversation. Um, and yeah, I love this quote, this old kind of famous quote that's tossed around sometimes. This guy, Oswald um, J. Smith, he says, the church that doesn't evangelize will fossilize. So the church that doesn't evangelize will fossilize. And I so believe that, honestly. As a nation, yeah, we're doing like so little evangelism. And you see it, the church is declining. We're not reaching the lost. We're not reaching people of Jesus, legit. So many people um, I've heard recently will toss around this thing of, as a nation, we're post-church. Like, that's just the reality. Like, we've got to um, approach things differently. Like, Christianity is not kind of valued in culture as it was before. Like, we just got to be careful. And it's, I don't know, it's just so faithless in some ways. And I've heard some people say it, but I fully believe, like, we're, we're so pre-church. Like, man, I am believing and expecting, like, a mass revival in our lifetime. I'm expecting Kiwis to come to Jesus. And we're legit pre-church. We're pre in the early stages of what God is doing and wants to do in this nation. We're, honestly, I'm, I'm so stoked and excited. Like, let's have faith and know that these things are going to turn around as we simply, as individuals, make decisions to share Jesus and get out there. You know, the Bible says that the fields are white for harvest. And that's just the reality. Like, it's true in and across New Zealand right now. It says the harvest is plentiful. Um, and we simply just need laborers out there reaping it. We just need Christians and believers out there taking the harvest. Like, it's honestly not hard. It just takes time, intentionality, and the gospel. Um, the same study I shared before said that um, 59% of non-Christians said they would likely investigate um, religion and spirituality further if they had first-hand experiences with Christians who genuinely live out their faith. So if, if they met Christians or if Christians they knew just genuinely lived out their faith or shared to them or were real, says 59% of non-Christians would investigate these things further. Like, honestly, there's so much potential here. And I know on this call um, across Auckland, across New Zealand, there are so many incredible Christians in this nation, like legit, so many on fire, passionate Christians. Um, but as I said, in some ways we live in silos, like we live hidden, we live passive. And in this time, honestly, think like we can't afford as Christians to stay quiet and let the outspoken voices of a few, like believers, Christians in the station, be, uh, be the only ones that have heard, are heard, sorry. Because that's having like a mass effect on um, non-Christians in this nation. All they're hearing about is, all they're hearing about Jesus, sorry, is from a few verses that are, out, uh, sorry, voices that are outspoken and saying some whack things. And here's all these incredible Christians, like not really doing anything, um, being quiet. And guys, we need to rise up and share Jesus and shine Jesus. It's like as simple as that. Um, and basically that starts with living out like lifestyle evangelism, as I'd like to call it, like living a lifestyle and a life that shines Jesus to everyone we, we live and everyone we know. Just being authentic and real and genuine with our faith. And as people see that, as they experience the love in our hearts through Jesus, it interests them, like it brings them to Jesus. Um, I love to think about, you know, how can I incorporate this into my day-to-day -day life? And something I did at the start of the first lockdown last year was went online and I found this like Jesus loves you mask and it's so awesome like just going around like supermarkets everywhere I was at Sylvia Park the other day and I didn't even have to do anything and the amount of like conversations that it sparked with people like the literally probably thousands of people in the last couple of years that have just stared at me and it's funny their eyes just kind of like light up and they look real interested and I try to give them a smile but I don't know if they can see it behind my mask but yellow. But it's so powerful. Honestly, what are some simple things we can do in our day-to-day -day lives to share Jesus? Um, another thing I'd say is, yeah, we're all called to, to do this. Like, we're not supposed to just leave this to our pastors or, you know, those fiery evangelists, um, which are all you guys on here. We can't just, yeah, let others take ownership for this. But actually, every single one of us has a part to play. Every one of us has a role in this. Like you are the best place person to reach your family, you know, your close friends, your pastor's not going to do it. Like we all need to live this way and live this out. So yeah, let's go. And then, yeah, moving into tonight, obviously another way 
we can reach this nation is through outreaches, through organized outreaches. And so that's what I'm going to spend um, the rest of this time sharing about. Um, what is an outreach? Like, how can we start an outreach and run an outreach? So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. And basically, yeah, myself um, all throughout kind of school and uni have been involved in actually like bunches, a bunch of outreaches. And it's been awesome. Like every year for years, we've done this like kind of New Year's beach mission thing and done evangelism, done all these competitions and events and shared Jesus in them and through them um, throughout school had some friends that had done Bethel and YOM and stuff. And so we would go evangelizing. I like would do these treasure hunts and stuff, which was awesome and fun. And then especially during university um, at my church that I grew up at, we used to host tons of YOM teams. And so had so much just fun and experience just going and doing outreaches with the YOM teams, um, spending like a week with them or doing something here and there. And it was so much fun. And then obviously the last kind of three years in both YOM and Catalyst, just doing full-time ministry have been exposed to yeah tons of different outreaches from things overseas and in New Zealand like um, doing door-to-door ministry doing like public speaking like whatever doing outdoor worship doing yeah like treasure hunts just evangelism times and then even doing like practical outreaches like giving out food parcels all this stuff and so just yeah for some context it's been cool I've been able to experience a lot in my short life that I've lived so far and I'm excited for all that's to come. But I guess all that to say is what I've learned is there's no one right way to do outreach. Like there's no special formula. And tonight I'm not going to be sharing some specific way or formula to do it because that's not right. Like there's no one right way to do it. And the only right way is God's specific way for you and for your community. Like that's the only way there's no, yeah, there's no formula the formula is what God says to you, you know? So that's really what I want to preface this with. And tonight I'm going to share just some simple steps as to what it can involve to start an outreach. And then we're going to go through a basic outreach framework um, that we kind of use a catalyst. And I hope that through that, it will spark like some ideas and in some ways shape the way you might do outreaches in the future. So if that makes sense, I'm excited. Feel free to write some of these things down. So yeah, some quick, simple steps to starting an outreach. Um, number one is recognize a need. So yeah, what is a need? How can we outreach to reach a need? So for example, for me, um, I recognize that New Zealand Christianity is declining, that so many of my friends, people I know, people in my communities don't know Jesus. And I think that's a massive need, that people need Jesus. So yeah, there's my need. And how can that be reached? Another, some of you guys, it might be, man, yeah, like mental health is at a crisis point in this nation. Um, Some of you guys, it might be, you know, disability communities or homeless people or youth, like whatever it is, recognize a need. It's number one. And then number two, take it to God through prayer. So yeah, take it to God, first and foremost. Firstly, ask him to give you his heart for the issue for the need like what does god feel about it what is god saying about it and then ask him what he would have you do specifically ask him for the practicals and that might not mean that you have to go and start this massive outreach he might just actually simply say um yeah i don't want you to do that right now um keep being faithful with what i've called you to in these next two three years but pray about this thing like start a prayer meeting pray into this need pray into this issue or yeah he might say, let's go right now. Let's start something. Let's start an outreach. Let's talk to our pastor at church or my young adults group or whatever it is, or let's just talk to a mate or a flatmate and let's go for it. Let's start reaching this need in whatever way um, God shared. And in that guys, I encourage you like be the answer to your prayers. Don't just pray for this thing and expect some like radical special angels from some other part of Auckland to come and somehow just, reach and fulfill this need in your area like as you're praying don't forget about yourself often we are the best placed answers to our prayers you know be like be the answer to your prayer um ask god how can i actually answer this how can i be involved in seeing this need fulfilled um and then yeah number three it's simple like we don't need to go and have a big meeting with our missions group at church we don't need to have like a 
20 step process or report or fill that or whatever. But number three for me is, yeah, just act. Simply just meet the need, like go and do, don't wait. Like don't go and have tons of conversations and ask everyone's opinions and ask someone or ask everyone like, is this right? Like, am I doing the right thing? No, if God said it and maybe if one good person you trust kind of affirms that and thinks it's wise, just act. Honestly, go for it. Don't be passive. Don't make excuses, but simply go for it. And then step number four, final step is keep going. Don't stop. Just be faithful to the word of God. Um, yeah, keep going. Choose faithfulness over fruitfulness. Like, don't worry if at the start it feels like not much is happening or, man, we only talked to one person. No, keep going. Like, if God said it, if he's continuing to put that in your heart, don't stop. Keep going. One of the biggest barriers that I've seen and so many of us have seen to outreaches is honestly like numbers. So many people worry about numbers. They're like, man, only two people came to my prayer meeting or I was the only one going out and talking to people about Jesus, like whatever it is, like, who cares? Why does that matter? Like, why would you let that stop you? If God said it, just go for it. Be faithful to that. Like, don't worry about numbers. Just keep going. And as you do, God will bring the people in the right timing if that's what is required. But it, honestly, it might just be you, this whole outreach, like whatever it is. And that might be enough. And you might see the need fulfilled, but whatever it is, just full send, guys, go for it. So yeah. Number one, recognize a need. Number two, take it to God through prayer. Number three, act and meet the need. And then number four, keep going um, and be faithful like to that word of God and the leading of God and through that. Is that all good? Hey, let's go. Okay, so yeah, moving forward, um, kind of this outreach framework that we have at Catalyst, which we like to call in some ways the lifestyle of a Catalyst, like how someone can be catalytic and how they live and sharing Jesus and bringing people to Jesus. And this is simply um, what we could call as well the four Ps. And so these Ps are prayer, uh, proclamation, practical love, and the power of God. And so if you can imagine in your mind, just like a triangle, simple triangle, in the middle of the triangle is prayer, and then proclamation, practical love, power of God, you can put around, around that. Like prayer is central, prayer is the foundation, and those other things arms from that place if that makes sense so yeah i'm gonna just kind of briefly go through each of these ones and as i share yeah just be mindful of how can i incorporate these different things into an outreach um honestly an ideal outreach i think has like a combination of all of these things in some ways so yeah, i'm hoping that through just me sharing some of these things it will give you some ideas um yeah and just encourage you in it so yeah feel free as i share if something comes to mind an idea comes to mind write it down. Um, some of you already know what those needs are that you're passionate about, the, the burdens that God's placed in your heart. So if you have ideas and things come up, like write them down, take them to God. But yeah, I guess starting with prayer, um, prayer honestly is the foundational ingredient to any outreach. And I guess any Christian ministry, just our life and relationship with God in general, like prayer is the foundation. We see it in Jesus's life. Like he spent so much time alone with God in prayer. And it was key to fueling his ministry um, and keeping him aligned with God. Um, especially for outreaches, prayer is like fundamental and foundational because God is intimately interested in our lives and in those we are reaching. Like God knows a lot more than we do. Like the ones that have the need, God knows them intimately. He has the wisdom, the knowledge, and the method, the way to meet that need, to reach them. So we need to go to him in prayer and ask his heart. Um, and as we do that, he wants to share his heart and lead us in the ways to do outreach. Some ways we can involve prayer and outreach is firstly, you can be praying in your own time or with others for your local areas or for those needs um, regularly. Secondly, you can simply be praying before you do outreaches. So anytime before an outreach, we'll always gather together. Like, Let's pray. Let's pray into this. And then thirdly, you can also pray during outreaches. And so, yeah, it's been real cool um, seeing this in the last couple of years. One place in particular that um, God's really placed on my heart is Glen Innes, which is a local suburb in Auckland. Um, 
kind of in the area where the church that I grew up at is and have done like tons of youth, youth ministry and stuff. And God really placed it on my heart. And something that we did at the start was just spend a lot of time praying for learners. Something that I did was pray. I've got, as Micah said, I've got this map of GI in my room and spent tons of time praying into it. Um, and then from that place, we did tons of outreaches. Um, I spent even tons of hours with my guitar, like doing busking worship. And it was so powerful as we kind of sewed into GI with prayer, seeing honestly, like that town seemed to open up a lot. Like, honestly, I genuinely would say I've seen a tangible difference. Like when we first started going there, there was some rough characters around, people drunk um, on drugs, like in so many places. But over a year or so of, of praying, of doing worship, of doing outreaches, that legit changed. Like it became a real peaceful, um, peaceful place. The town center was powerful. And even to the stage of, uh, we had a YM team a few months ago and we did a bunch of outreach in the town center. And they said like, what's, so they said to me, what's different about this place? Like we've done outreach in Queenstown and across New Zealand and something's different. Like it's just so much easier here. And yeah, it was just such a great kind of affirmation as to all the prayer, all the worship they've been sowing into that place. And they recognize that. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that, that is right. Like that's why this is this way. Um, so yeah, it's been powerful just seeing the impact of prayer and GI and even now or before lockdown um, have been gathering together with pastors in the area. We've been praying once a fortnight on early on Friday mornings for GI and it's been cool to keep that going and see what God's going to do in the future. Um, something else that God placed on me and a few friends heart is even where I'm living right now, Koi Marama. And so in faith for what God wants to do here before lockdown as well, we've been praying um, once a fortnight on Wednesday nights, just late at night, walking around some streets, simply just praying for the area. And it, honestly, it's the foundation, um, the pre to any kind of outreach that will happen. And then obviously, yeah, as I shared, like pray before outreaches. So whatever you do, um, whether, yeah, we're going out and talking to some people or whatever, make sure that you gather together and you pray. And then finally, yeah, as I shared before, it's powerful to pray during outreaches. One cool story that I love and one of my kind of funnest experiences was um, when we're in Africa on outreach for YWAM, we did this massive um, like gospel campaign over like four nights, I think. And across each night or maybe the nights, I don't know, there was like thousands of people, maybe one night, like 10,000 people or so. And people would share the gospel. And as they shared the gospel a few nights, myself and others would go underneath the stage and we would just pray like the whole time they preached the whole time they shared the gospel. It was awesome. It was like led by this African pastor who he legit would shout like 40 minutes straight. I don't know how his like voice did it. He was just screaming and like spitting everywhere. I was like, man, these guys are passionate for prayer. And it was so much fun. Just like the whole time the gospel was being shared, just like praying and like going for it and actually seeing the incredible fruit that came through that. It was so powerful and so fun. And literally like thousands of people, thousands of people got saved. So like radical healings and stuff. And yeah, it's so powerful to pray during outreaches. Like we do that even now when we've done outreaches in GI or wherever, we've often had like a prayer roster and we've had um, whoever's involved take turns just to be sitting somewhere and praying. And honestly, it makes such a difference. So yeah, prayer is powerful, guys. It's the foundation. And yeah, I'd simply ask and feel free to write this question down. How can prayer be central to your outreach? How can it be central to meeting the need that God's placed on your heart? So yeah, moving on to practical love. So practical love is honestly something that we as a church major on and do all right at. Um, often in outreaches, it's often all central, centered around practical love. Like how can we yeah, practically serve our communities, which is incredible. And yeah, we're doing a right job. And um, we all know Jesus calls us to love others. It's, it's a command, you know, love others as yourself, love others even as I have loved you. And Practical love is a powerful thing. It makes such a difference. I love um, in Matthew 25, like the parable of the sheep and the goats. I'm sure many of you guys may have read it. If you haven't, check it out. This is 31 to 46. And basically Jesus is sharing um, about the separation between sheep and goats. And the sheep were these people that they fed the hungry. They gave um, they drinks to the thirsty. They brought shelter to those that didn't have it. They clothed the naked they helped out the sick and those in prison or those just struggling isolated lonely they visited them they talked with them 
And Jesus said, these people, as they did these things, as they did things for the least of, of these or the least of people, they literally did it for Jesus. Like as we practically love people, we're doing it for Jesus. We're doing it for his people. And there's honestly so much power in that, honestly. And as all that kind of shows, love is practical. Um, love is a verb. It involves action. If we're going to love someone, we need to do something about it. We need to act. We need to show them. We need to do these things. Like it makes it so clear as to how practical it is. And I love the story, the parable of the good Samaritan. Like how practical was the Samaritan's love for the man? You know, he was on the side of the road, just struggling. And here, he, here comes this man with such love in his heart. He picks him up. Like he cleans his wounds. He chucks him on his camel or whatever. He takes him to an inn. He pays for, for the inn. And, pay some more money or whatever. Like it was so practical, so incredible. And yeah, practical love is massive in any outreach guys. Um, whether we're just on the streets doing evangelism, talking to people or if we're organizing an outreach around it, um, it's, a, it's a massive thing to have in mind because Jesus calls us to love people. Often in any outreach, I'll try to remind myself and ask myself these questions. Um, like how can I love the person in front of me? So the person that God's got in front of me right now, how can I love them? Like how can I, how can I share God's love to them? And then secondly, um, what would Jesus do for this person? Like sometimes things just seem so wacky, whether you're on Queen Street late at night or something, or people are just like it's hard to get a heart for some people, you know. And so I ask myself, you know, what would Jesus do for this person? Like how can I love this person? And it makes such a difference, guys. And a couple of quick testimonies. I remember one night. I think I was still in uni. Um, we had this Wyoming team and we joined the prayer station that Wyoming Auckland does on Queen Street. And I just was going around myself doing evangelism. And I saw this man, um, he looked homeless and he just looked so tired and frustrated. And he was kind of like really asking for help. Um, yeah. And sometimes obviously doing uni in the city for years, if I took the bus walking up through Queen Street, you see that all the time. And it's hard. Like, you know, you want to love them, but your heart gets hard. Like, I've got to get to uni. Like, dang it, man, this is hard. But you see some of them just want money so they can buy more booze or like whatever it is. But something in my heart, it's like love arose for him. And so I was like, oh, sweet, man. Um, I could see that, yeah, he was frustrated, tired. So I was like, bro, what do you need right now? And he's like, oh, I'm just really hungry, bro. So I was like, sweet, let's go get a feed. So I took him to Macca's. And as he had those immediate needs fulfilled, he was then able to share more details and yeah, he wasn't some whack home dude. He was just a really broken, struggling dude. He basically had come from Whangarei, um, and like five days before, he'd heard that one of his good childhood friends was in hospital in Auckland dying, and he had like no money. He used like all his money to buy a bus ticket to Auckland, goes or comes here, goes to the hospital. A couple of days later, his friend literally dies in the hospital. This dude has no money, and he's just heartbroken he's sleeping on the streets and all of a sudden as he shared that it made so much sense man no wonder this guy is frustrated tired he'd been spending literally three days trying to hitchhike by the entrance to the motorway to get back home to Whangarei and I was like dang this is heartbreaking you know and all these guys in these situations have stories like this and so simply the practical answer came up in my heart bro let's like how can we suss this out he's like oh there's there's actually buses that go up to Whangarei so sweet, like walked him up to the bus station, bought a ticket for the bus to Whangarei the next morning and boom, like it was that simple, you know, all this struggle that he was having sussed out in a moment, you know, and how powerful is like a $40 bus ticket? Like who really cares when you could see it changed this guy's life. And especially as I got to share Jesus through all of that. So yeah, I don't know, just one, one fun story, you know, like how can I practically love the person in front of me? Like you, you never know what they might be struggling with and how can you can actually help that. And obviously we're, we're not going to do that for every single person. Like we can't, but just listen to the voice of God. Like who's he leading us to, to love? Who's he leading us to practically serve and encourage? Um, another quick story was in YWAM um, when I was in Peru, we were involved with this incredible, like massive thing called One Nation One Day. And basically for a week, something like 10,000 missionaries, um, the largest missionary gathering in, all, in human history, apparently converged on Peru. And we did tons of outreaches. Uh, there was like multiple leaders conferences with these massive speakers from the States. Um, we got to speak in schools and share the gospel all throughout Peru. 
but something that they did throughout the outreaches as well is they did tons of practical things. They set up across the nation, 14 free medical cr clinics for the whole week. And they, I don't know how the numbers, but they got so many thousands of people through and got all these things sussed out and people, yeah, helped for the issues that they were struggling with. They also went all throughout the Amazon and parts of Peru and they installed 47 clean water systems, which literally transformed communities, did all these things. And then obviously at the end, it was awesome. Um, we did like 10 simultaneous stadium gatherings, which was powerful and that's a whole other story, but it was, it was incredible. It was like nation shifting. But all that to say, I loved how a big part of that outreach was the practical love. They did so much to serve that nation. And it's just a cool story. Like, how, what can we do? How can we pull resources, get the right people involved to actually practically serve where we're reaching? So yeah, to finish on that point, like, ask yourself, how can you practically love others in your outreach? Like, how can you incorporate that to your outreach? Whether it's just asking those questions, like, how can I love this person? Or whether it's organizing outreaches and giving out food parcels or like blankets or whatever it is, whatever the need is in your community. So, so the next P, um, proclamation. This is so important, guys. Like I, I shared that we often major on practical love. Sometimes we minor on proclamation. Like we do all these things, but we forget about the gospel. And Jesus says, commissions us in Mark 16, 15, you know, go and preach the gospel to all creation, to all creatures, to everyone. Uh, Romans 10, 14, you know, it says, how can people believe if they haven't heard? And how will they hear if people don't share? Like, I shared those stats before. So many in New Zealand don't even know about Jesus. And how will they if we don't just simply share the gospel and share Jesus? The gospel literally means like good news. And yeah, we're commissioned to go and share it. People need to hear this good news. It's like I love if you've heard the stories of um, the holiday in America called Juneteenth. Basically, it was celebrating when all of slavery, all, all slaves had been abolished in the States. But that celebration was something like a couple of years after the actual law had been passed that slavery, sorry, slavery was illegal. And so for a couple of years, um, slaves were actually free, but they didn't realize it. And so some of these hard to reach places in the States, it took people going on horseback or whatever, and they simply went to communities and they told them the good news, like, guys, you're actually free. Like, you don't have to be slaves anymore. And that celebration celebrates, yeah, when all slaves were gone. And literally we live in a similar reality. Like we haven't reached that celebration yet because everyone is free through what Jesus did for us, but they don't realize it yet. They simply need to hear the gospel. They need to hear what Jesus did for them. And we get to bring that good news. It's incredible. Um, and actually, you know, sharing our practical love, often the most loving thing we can do for someone is simply share the gospel. That's at the deepest place what people actually need. They, they need Jesus. So rather than just serving them practically in so many ways, let's love them by actually sharing Jesus. It might be confronting or hard in the moment or at first, but they need it. Like, go for it, guys. And powerful verse, Romans 1.16, says the gospel was the power of God unto salvation. It, it needs to be shared. Like, there's so much power in it. Legit, it makes such a crazy difference um, in conversations. I've been to tons of outreaches where we weren't really trained and how to share the gospel and you have all these conversations and it's awesome and you make friends and people think you're awesome and oh it's cool that you go to church and stuff but it's crazy that actually when you start sharing the gospel just take a moment to share about jesus it unlocks things like there's a real power in it it's the power of god unto salvation and literally experience this like when we're in tanzania for a whole month um, would sit up in these little markets and we'd play loud music and they'll get all us white people to dance awkwardly for an hour and it would attract like massive crowds of like hundreds of people and then we'd use the crowds like we'd lured them in and we'd share the gospel and we'd do it in different ways like we'd do a skit and things but we'd, sit, we'd share the simple gospel and there was so much power in that each time we did that people got saved like every single time with a five with a ten 20, 30, I don't know, it was crazy. Every day just seeing people respond to the gospel. I could have shared, you know, a story about how I got set free from, I don't know, low self-esteem or man in high school, I was struggling with this and got free. But actually that might've just encouraged them in the moment, but there's so much more power in sharing the gospel. People need to hear the gospel. So, so share it, you know. Similarly in New Zealand, um, 
the other month, again, I was with that YM team door knocking in, in Glen Innes going around. One day it was fun. We did this whole like massive circle street, did every single house. And I noticed it as well, just the power in sharing the simple gospel. This one younger girl was um, in like uni study break. And she was asking these questions like, who is Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And just by sharing the gospel, immediately she's like, oh, that makes sense. I want that. Like, how do I receive this? I'm like, oh, easy. So she like received Jesus there and there. Like, we prayed for her. It was so powerful. And there's so much power in just sharing the simple gospel. So yeah, I'd ask you guys, how can gospel proclamation be a part of your outreach? Whether it's actually just going around sharing the gospel to people and doing things like door knocking or whatever, or if you're doing these big practical outreaches or you're doing these like competitions, maybe someone has two minutes to share the message of Jesus. Like that's why you're doing it, isn't it? Like why do a massive outreach or competition or barbecue and just invite people to church? No, just why not share the gospel? People aren't going to be offended. They know that you're a church group. They most want to hear about Jesus. So like share about Jesus. <laughs> Sweet, come on. So yeah, the final point, um, final P is the power of God. Acts 1 verse 8 says, or Jesus says, just before he was kind of assumed into heaven, he says that, you know, he told the disciples the Holy Spirit was coming, but that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with power, like literally the power of God. And through the Holy Spirit, we have that in us. Um, it's crazy verses that, and things that Jesus says, like John 14, 12. I love that verse. He says, you know, you'll do greater things than even I did as I was on the earth. Like literally we have access to the power of God through the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, the same power that was in Jesus to see these crazy things happen. That same spirit is in us, literally. Through the Holy Spirit in our lives, God still wants to heal people. God wants to speak um, to us for people, to share to them. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 Hopefully many of you guys would know, I think like verses 7 to 11, it shares these gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like healing and prophecy and discernment of spirits and faith. And um, there's like nine of them in total. It's powerful. Like, guys, these are alive and active. Honestly, it's, it's a lie to think that those have ended, that all that stuff's finished because it's, yeah, it's simply not true. I've seen so many radical, crazy things in my life, like myself. In school, I had a massive knee surgery and people prayed for me just after surgery. I got completely radically healed. Like I'm just seeing God move in power. And if anyone's telling you the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ended, that's so not true, guys. Like God wants to move in power through your lives. And um, some simple stories on this. Like the very first outreach I ever did, I think I was like year 10 or 11, a friend had just come back from Bethel and he's like, guys, we do these things called treasure hunts. Like, let's let's do this. And so we met up at church and it's kind of a nervous young dude and we wrote down all these things that we felt like God was saying and we felt like the location, some of the things we each felt, it, it kind of led us to Mission Bay. So we got onto Mission Bay and I was going around with this guy and it was the middle of winter, but I think one of our lists, I can't remember who's, it said a dude walking a dog with jandals and we see a dude, like there wasn't many people, it was like late at night as well and we're like, yo, let's go up to him. Sweet. And then we walk up and start talking we're like yo bro we're just doing this like treasure hunt thing um and he's like oh yo what's up my name is i can't even remember his name maybe andy or something oh actually that was the guy i was with who, who knows who the actual dude's name was it was ages ago but his name was literally on andy's list the guy i was with we're like wait no way literally your list like this things are lining up so we're like also on these lists we wrote down problems things people are struggling with and on mine, I had sore ankle. And the guy's like, yo, yeah, my ankle's really sore. I've been struggling for ages. Like, I've been limping around. And it was as, like, quick and simple as that. And so I'm standing, like, so excited. Like, man, this is the first time I've ever done this. This is so much fun. And then Andy gets down, and he prays for this guy's ankle. And I literally just stand there watching the dude. And the dude, like, big, massive, staunch dude, like, starts to get emotional and starts testing it out. And he kind of starts to cry. And his ankle gets, like, fully healed then and there. I was like, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. Like, God, you're real. How can I don't do this more often? Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life, which is what I'm doing now. So shot for that moment. That was awesome. And then even further, Andy, he didn't stop there. He's like, bro, can we pray for you? And so the guy I was with starts like prophesying over the sky and sharing all this stuff. And yeah, this massive dude is just crying and saying, man, this makes so much sense. And legit, God wants to move in power through us. It changes lives. 
Another fun story this time when I was in uni, we did this outreach in GI, just me and these like two old guys from my church. We managed to get like a PA system. And so one guy was just playing worship. The other guy was giving out Bibles and I was just this young dude, like, yo, this is fun. Just going around talking to people. And I see this guy on crutches, um, real swollen ankle. He said he injured it playing league or something. And literally put my hand on it and pray for it. And as I'm praying, like feel the swelling go down and his ankle goes from like massive to just completely normal after one prayer. And I was just, man, like dumbfounded, completely shocked. And this dude just starts jumping around, celebrating. Like there's a whole crazy backstory behind that and like why they're in the town center. And they heard this worship song, which the guy who was with loved. And it was radical, but just seeing the power of God move. And yeah, this guy gave his life to Jesus. He got baptized at like another local church a few weeks later. And it was radical. Even a couple of quick stories, like when I was in Africa, in Peru even, like we saw wild things, literally prayed for blind people that got completely healed, played, prayed for different deaf people. We were play, praying for this kid that was mute and had never spoken in his life. And just seeing God move in power and seeing him get, get radically healed. And similarly, God move in power through like prophecy and words of knowledge and see things like come to fruition. And again, people just getting rocked by the reality of that. Even one comes to mind now, we were at Beach Mission one time um, in Fong Matara for New Year's. And um, I think I was doing a treasure hunt as well. And basically talking to this group of people. And this one girl was like, oh, yo, what is that thing? And she looks through and she's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. She's like, I got a sore back, actually. And so I was like, sweet, can I pray for you? And pray for this girl's back. And literally, <laughs> her mouth just dropped and she stared at me and she's like, my life is a lie. <laughs> She's like, what in the world? And she starts testing it out. And her back was like completely healed. And it was crazy, like changed her life. Just seeing like radical things like that happen. <laughs> and yeah, just know that God wants to move in power through your life. Like take some time and read through those gifts of the Holy Spirit and ask God to move in power through you. And there's so many stories in the Gospels and the book of Acts where just one simple, powerful move of God unlocked whole towns, whole communities. One like what is it, Acts 2 and 3 or whatever, that lame guy, beautiful is his name, like Peter prays for me, gets completely healed. It just changes things like crazy. One word of knowledge and prophecy over the Samaritan woman at the well and that whole town in Samaria is saved because she goes and testifies about that. Like the demoniac getting freed from all those demons, that's the power of God at work. He goes and shares about that to like 10 cities. All this stuff happens like through the power of God. So yeah, finally, ask yourself, like, how can the power of God be a part of your outreach? Um, that could mean maybe doing prayer stations wherever you're at, like having places open for prayer or prophecy or whatever. Maybe you do treasure hunts, um, like I shared some experiences from. And simply, when you're talking to people, just pray for them. Offer to pray for them. Don't be afraid. Um, pray for healing. As you're praying for them, just share what you feel like God's saying and let God move through you if that makes sense. So yeah, so guys, hopefully that's been cool, encouraging, sparked some ideas. Um, and yeah, those are the four P's. So prayer, proclamation, practical love, and the power of God. And so in whatever outreach um, you feel like God's leading you into or he's encouraging you into, be mindful of how can I incorporate these in my outreach? How could I even have a combination of all of them? Um, yeah, so hopefully, yeah, it's been super helpful. Um, soon we're going to lead into some short breakout rooms. We're going to have a short discussion with each other. But to finish, I want to ask you, like, what is God stirring in you? What's he been saying? Like, what are those needs? What are those things he's burdened you for? What is that local area or social issue, whatever it is that God's been speaking about? What is that? What is he stirring in you? What is he giving you right now? Um, that you can use to meet those needs like how can right now you meet that need who are some people around you that you can share with talk with pray with start an outreach with to meet those needs um like i remember ben shared the other the other month like what is in your hands you know like what's god given you what can you do and as i shared on those steps like what is god saying and guys let's Let's just kick passivity out the door. Let's never be passive. Like, let's act on that. Go for it. Honestly, it's so much fun. Outreach is so much fun. Often we can be so negative about it. Like, man, I got to go do this. And God says to, and oh man, 
my youth pastor says I got to go and do this outreach. Like, nah, it's the funnest thing, guys. Outreach is so much fun. There's probably had never had more joyful moments than seeing people get like radically encountering God on the streets or get healed and all this stuff. Like, it's, it's incredible. And God wants to partner with us to do that. So go for it. And yeah, just finally would say, like, I'd love to see across New Zealand, I'd love to see this nation covered in prayer. Imagine every single in every single town, every single suburb and every city had like regular prayer meetings going on for their towns. Imagine if people were praying. And then from that place, imagine if there was outreaches everywhere. Imagine if every single Christian was living a lifestyle of evangelism and sharing Jesus. Imagine if in every community and every church, they had some sort of expression of outreach. How fast would we see that harvest come? You know, like the harvest is genuinely plentiful. The church that doesn't evangelize will fossilize. But if we do evangelize, I don't know, we'll, th we'll thrive. Like the harvest is there. Like, let's go for it. I'd love to see that. And yeah, whatever that is, guys, go for it. Don't be passive, full sender, and you've got absolutely nothing to lose. So yeah, let's go. And so, Miss Thompson, if you've got breakout rooms being prepared, we're going to roll into some breakout rooms for 15 minutes just to finish. And we're going to discuss a few simple things. And so number one, discuss what are those needs that God's placed on your heart for those around you? What is that issue? Like what does God burden your heart with? And then secondly, discuss some outreach ideas, discuss what God's maybe shared through this time. Like what are some ways you can meet that need? Who are some people you can meet that need with? Um, how can you incorporate the four Ps? So talk about the four Ps as a group. And then finally, pray for each other. So whatever comes up, pray for each other and yeah, act on it, guys. Like if God said something, go for it. Like if you want to start a prayer meeting, please do it. If you want to start an outreach, go for it and let us know if we can help in any way, honestly. Um, so yeah, shop in for chucking that in the chat. And if you guys are ready, hope that's been good, encouraging. Let's go for it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Catalyst Movement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by it. For more content and information about Catalyst Movement, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or visit our website at catalystmovement.com.